Welcome to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. Well, Jesus didn't mince his words here in the Sermon on the Mount, did he? He's just laid out true Christian living in verses 1 to 11 we've just heard which went above and beyond what the people had ever heard before. It was above and beyond what their teachers of the law, the, the Pharisees and the Levites, were telling them. Hearing this, they were amazed at such authority and, and such humility combined in one sermon, probably the best sermon ever preached. Something in my spirit... Um, is just sensing and saying that we need to hear this teaching again. To be reminded that we too need to go above and beyond, particularly at this time in history. You know, the world is in trouble. But whatever the question is, I believe Jesus is the answer. And we need to step up and mirror that. So over the next few weeks, we're going above and beyond, which just happens to be the title of our series. <laughs> so we've just completed our series on prayer and self-denial, and I said leave the flags up for one more week because we're celebra- we've been celebrating unity and diversity. And... Um, And I think that's really worth celebrating, our unity and our diversity. But I just feel let's not get complacent and sort of rest at that point. Well, we can for a minute and enjoy it for a minute. But just as we focused on missions and we saw a glimpse of the kingdom of God to inspire us to fulfill, you know, our mission here, And by doing so, we should gain a glimpse of the kingdom to come in its fullness. There should be an urgency in our hearts to fulfill what we are meant to on this earth because the king is coming in order that we would just be encouraged and and keep on going until he does. So that's the reason we left the flags up and we're just still continuing to enjoy this this unity and diversity, but let's not be complacent. I believe this next few weeks we're going above and beyond. Amen. During the um, during the seventies, we're going way back here. There was an explosion in Christian music as the Jesus movement generation. They they kind of matured a little bit. Uh, from the early 70s and in the late 70s, they started take, talking about the changes that Christ had made. And one song that etched into my heart, I've got to admit, was a song by the band Love Song called, called Little Country Church. And as someone who grew up in a fairly formal little country church, I longed for the day longed for it, that I would see the reality of the song that we're about to play in a few moments. And you could say that the Lord sowed like a deposit in my heart of this reality coming about way back then. When Jenny and I got married, um, 
uh, two weeks later, we, we moved to Huntley and uh, we had just one piece of technology in our house. The sum total of our technology was a three-in-one stereo. <laughs> it was an AM radio, cassette player and record player, all in one. <laughs> yeah, that was it. And we put this song on and we cranked it. And we cranked this song up because um, the Lord had sort of sown in our heart an excitement for the day when our home would be filled with people of all kinds of, of diversity and ethnicity. And that was an, a, a sort of a dream, a, a vision God put on our hearts at that time. I, I thought that, that we would perhaps one day run a home group, you know. <laughs> But anyway, he sowed a deposit in us and, um, and who would know that it would take almost 40 years to see that dream, 14, 14 cultures represented in our church. Isn't that great? Praise God. Awesome, isn't it? And um, so we didn't know then, but we, we've seen the coming together of that now, worshipping in one place Worshipping Christ, united in Christ. Isn't that great? So let's, let's hear this song. We're going to pop the song on. It's called Little Country Church by Love Song. Crank it. <laughs>
Hey, thanks for listening to my old memory there. Um, <clears throat> long hair, short hair, some coats and ties. People just are coming around. Looking past the hair and straight into the eyes. People just are coming around. Isn't that cool? Those words have sat with me on my heart for years and years. And we just thought, I want to be part of something like that. I want to, be, I want to belong where people are welcomed. No matter what. What they've done. What, where they've been. And I just think that's awesome. We love the church. Jenny and I love the church. It's the vehicle that Christ is building for God's kingdom to grow and increase. We should be very thankful for our unity. But I don't believe we can rest on our laurels. You know, we can simmer there for a bit. You know, we can just wait there and just enjoy each moment. But there's always more in God. And it's the more that we're going to unwrap this month. So let's buckle up for a challenging series going above and beyond. Let's turn to Matthew 5. If you've got your Bibles, we're going to read 12 to 20. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become tasteless, how will it be made salty again? It is good for nothing anymore except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do men light a lamp and put it under the peck measure, but on the, the lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who's in heaven. Do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish but to fulfill. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass away from the law until it's all accomplished. Whoever then annuls one of the least of these commandments and so teaches others shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps and teaches them, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say to you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. Wow. Verse 13 reminds us of our primary role in the world once we're saved. And that's to preserve it and to give it flavor. We've got the picture up there of our salt and light to preserve it and give it flavor. Those are the two things that salt does, seasoning and flavor. And if we lose that, how will people around us taste godliness? It's actually our job to set a godly standard of living and not to become like the world. The Bible says we need to be in the world but not of it. We need to be the head and not the tail in terms of our speech and our witness. And it's mainly our witness that I want to talk about today, going above and beyond, our witness. You see, our, our opinions need to reflect God's values and be doused in the hope we're certain of in Christ. You know, around election time, there are like a million opinions 
and you throw in COVID-19 and you get a dozen more. And we need to be careful not to join the despair brigade. Our God will get us through this. And we are the hope that people are searching for. See, Christ is the answer to the hard questions and the way forward for racial equality, for social justice, for purpose, for rebuilding economies, and for community transformation. Christ is the way forward. These are the things that the church should have a voice in. I'm not suggesting that we start a new Christian political party as there's more effective ways to flavor our nation, I believe. I believe we, work, we should work covertly, not overtly, to change the vibe of the nation. The week, this week we heard that um, the head of uh, CAP, Amy Mai, the director of CAP, Amy Mai, giving a very God-honoring interview on Seven Sharp. Was that right, Jeremy? I didn't actually catch that one, but Jeremy assures me it was an, a really cool interview with Amy Mai from CAP. TV, TV One News allowed a slot to play the Kiwi version of The Blessing, which I'm sure touched many lives as well. Life TV is another example of how the church can give hope to hurting people. You see, these are just some of the ways we can work covertly. There's just numerous ways that we can be salt and light. And even within our Baptist movement, we have a range of initiatives that seek to reach out to the community in and around Aotearoa. There are ministries like Vision West in West Auckland that sprang up out of Glen Eden Baptist. They hired an old disused railway carriage as an office for a dollar a year with a desire to provide housing to low-income families. And this has led to many receiving Christ. And they are now a multi-staff ministry that have served and helped thousands of people over the years. And yes, they have moved to a bigger office. <laughs> then there is you know, UNOH, Urban Neighbours of Hope. Another group in South Auckland, creating jobs, helping the poor, for, um, and helping unemployed find work. You know, another life church ministry is called Red Frog. You may have never heard of it. But it's a group of young, responsible, sober young drivers who attend teenage parties in order to be a positive influence and to get them home safely. And that often, you know, avoids many teenage mistakes and gives an opportunity to invite them to youth and to services. Isn't that awesome? Just creative ideas to change the society, to bring flavor, to bring purpose, to bring that, that salt, that change, that preservation into society. These ministries are an outworking of Matthew 5, 14 to 16. You want to read that again? You are the light of the world. Do not put it under a bushel. Let your light shine before men. You know, that's what they're doing. We shouldn't be afraid to say why we do what we do. 
for others as long as we're giving all the glory to God and to our Father who always provides for what he's put on the hearts of his people. What he orders, he pays for. What God orders, he pays for. Light always dispels darkness. And darkness is no match for the light. There's not even a contest. When a light goes on in a little dark room, the darkness is pushed back. It's not even a contest. So firstly, as a church, let's get creative as to how we too can go above and beyond in our witness for our Lord. That's my first point. Jesus didn't say to be easy or that dark days wouldn't come. He simply said light is greater than the dark. And just as he wants his church mobilized into the community, he wants our personal witness to shine his light. You know, we are his witnesses 24-7. We don't just gear up to, be, to go witnessing, like we're putting on an outfit, a uniform, a persona. We are witnesses. We just are witnesses. We don't have to go witnessing. We are a witness. We are who we are at home, at work, and at play. Most of us find it hard, don't we, at work. When we're, when we're in the thick of it at work, it's kind of hard to share Christ, isn't it, at times? And it's even discouraged at certain companies and organizations. But that doesn't mean... We are, are not his witnesses everywhere we go. You see, just by our words and our care for others, we are showing our concern for them as equals and people that God loves. By our attitudes, our opinions, and respect of other cultures, we say heaps about injustice, godly values, and care for the less fortunate. And silence on certain issues can be just as powerful as words. Being an honest, loyal, consistent, hard-working team member can open doors at work that words alone can. Basically, people today, I believe, are looking for real, authentic friends to offload to. Because just underneath the surface of most people's lives, I've found that if we take the time to listen, there's just a myriad of problems that our friends and workmates are facing. Just scratch a little bit below the surface with a few questions and there's some stuff they're really struggling with. So let's be aware of just how much others are watching us. We are the only Bible some people read. Are we real? Are we consistent? Do we show grace to others when they muck up, when they make mistakes? Are we like Christ? So whether it's our workplace, everyday witness, or our witness as a church, let's go above and beyond and get creative
Let's get our lights primed and let's push back some serious darkness. Let's look at verse 17. Jesus knew there would be many legalists in the crowd that day listening for some wrong doctrine. He also knew that the law was all they had known. So he says in verse 17, I did not come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. What a revelation this was for this guilt-ridden crowd that had walked miles to get to this mountain to hear Jesus preach. There was a hunger in their hearts. There was this, this, this desire for truth that they hadn't ever heard before. It was like manna from heaven. It was like rain on a parched ground. It was just they were desperate to hear truth. And they walked out and probably didn't have enough sun hat and sunscreen on, but they walked out there to hear Jesus. And he says, I didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. What a revelation this was for them. Did they get it? Probably not. It probably went straight over their heads. But if they could have understood, it would have been earth-shattering. And it's still earth-shattering for us today, this side of the cross. You know, we, now we just don't need to strive anymore to appease an angry God. Maybe some folks here have been brought up with this impression of an angry God who you can't please or never please enough. You see, all of God's anger at sin was taken out on Jesus, who became the curse for us. He went above and beyond for us at Calvary so that we could respond in gratitude today for the greatest gift of all eternity. See, when Jesus said, I did not come to abolish it, but to fulfill it, he knew he would fulfill every note and jot and dash in the law on that cross. Hallelujah. He became the curse for us. If you came here today with a heavy heart or a heavy load of whatever, shame, guilt, whatever, by grace this Jesus lifted it at the cross. Receive it and, and, and his mercy, but most of all receive him. But don't dare take it lightly. We're dropping down to verse 20. Let's just go to verse 20. This is where we get our key verse for this whole series, really. Unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall not enter the kingdom of God. Wow. You see, the scribes and the Pharisees were, were feared as the carriers of God's word. The people feared them. And they were swift with their condemnation, their evil looks, and the stoning of sinners. But they were slow to show mercy. How could this uneducated crowd possibly exceed the righteousness of the feared Jewish hierarchy? Again, 
Jesus was giving another prophetic picture of his own righteousness being poured out for them. Wow, what a saviour. So what must we do to receive this gift? We need to be covered by or totally immersed in his righteousness. And it's like a cloak. It's like a cloak that we receive, a kurawai. And once we've received it, we pull it on. And when God looks at us, he doesn't see our sin anymore. He sees Jesus' righteousness. We have the cloak of righteousness once we've asked him into our life and repented. You know, without the cloak, we're as guilty as charged. Have you got the cloak pulled tightly around you today? We can be the nicest person on the planet, but without the cloak of Jesus, our righteousness looks to him like filthy rags. Sorry, that's the word of God. I'm not sorry, that is the word of God. (laughs) Sorry if you were thinking it was fine before. You need the cloak. You need the kurua around you. See, when Ruth came near to Boaz on that threshing floor, her mother-in-law, Naomi, had explained what she should do. And she went and she prepared the things and she was there and, and Boaz came and went to sleep and, you know, she came up near and she said, extend the border of your mantle over me. Wow, that's pretty forward, isn't it? She was asking, just extend your mantle, your covering, your, man, your coat over me. And this, in this moment, was another prophetic picture of the covering of, of right living that Jesus offers to those who come near to him in surrender. See, she surrendered her life. He was way older, and yet she knew that he was a good man. He was worthy. And here she was, a younger woman, offering herself. And he did the right thing and says, you know, no, uh, there is one who is a relative who is closer than me, who can redeem you. See the picture of salvation here, Jesus saying? It was like, you know, a picture of Jesus redeeming us. And he says, I'll check it out. I'll do the right thing. I'll go to the the gates, the city gates. He gets it all sorted, and then he takes her as his wife. Hallelujah. It's what he's done for us. He's gone before, and he's taken on all of the shame, all of the everything for us. You know, the door to the narrow gate that we're called to, we're called to live the narrow path. Jesus said the road's wide that leads to hell. It's easy. Sin's easy. It's the easiest thing to do. But the narrow gate is his way. And he says the door is surrender. You just have to surrender to get in that door. 
into the narrow path. But, you know, unless we walk through that door and unless we're covered by his righteousness, his robe on us and go above and beyond in our witness as a church at work and in our personal walk with God, we will not reflect the one who gave it all for us. Let's endeavor to just walk in this new way of walking with that covering of Jesus and reflect him as a church, reflect him as a person, reflect him at work, at whatever you do, the groups you belong to, and allow him to shine through you, your light being actually his light in you. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful. So thankful that you have come and fulfilled the law in your person as you died on the Calvary, on Calvary as us. You took our place and now you offer your covering, your kuruai for us, your cloak of righteousness. And honor. Lord, we just want to walk in that, but not get complacent. We want to walk and not get weary. We want to walk and not allow pride or any form of self to get to raise its head. Lord, we want to be in surrender every day. We just say, Lord, we want to walk a crucified life to the self, to the old nature. Lord, help us in that. You didn't promise that we wouldn't have troubles, but that you be with us. Hallelujah. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church Podcast.